Welcome back to Taxes Made Simple. I'm your host, Carlton Dennis. And in today's video, we are gonna target a specific industry of individuals. These special individuals were impacted greatly by COVID-19 because their profession requires them to be boots on the ground with their clients, walking properties and closing deals. You may have guessed it. I am talking about real estate agents and brokers. And if you're planning on becoming a real estate agent or a broker, then you're gonna wanna understand the tax game. So let's dive in. Now, many brokers and agents are making big commission checks without any taxes being withheld. And that's because when you decide to become an agent or a broker, you are truly a self-employed individual, which means that you have five main responsibilities that you're in charge of. You're in charge of tracking your own income. You're in charge of tracking your own expenses. You're also in charge of doing your own bookkeeping. You're in charge of making your own estimated tax payments. And most importantly, number five, you're in charge of figuring out how to reduce your tax bill before the end of the year. Now, number five is what I plan to help you on in this video. But one of the things that we have to understand is how we receive income being a real estate agent or a broker. Maybe you're a realtor who focuses on first-time home buyers, or maybe you just primarily focus on the commercial industry, or maybe you're a residential all-star and you figured out how to slaying properties between 300,000 to $2 million. Either way, you're making large commission checks and you don't always know how to receive that income. So in today's video, we're gonna go over how taxes work when you're a realtor or you're a broker. We're gonna go over how you should structure your business. And most importantly, if you stay to the end of this video, I'm gonna teach you how to take deductions like a pro. Let's dive in. Now, as a real estate agent, the most important thing we need to understand is what type of taxes that we're faced with. There are three taxes that you will pay when you become a real estate agent or a broker. Let's dive in. Number one, the first tax that we're gonna pay when we decide to become a real estate agent or a broker is federal tax. Now, this is the one that we're all familiar with, the I, the R, and the S. If you become a taxpayer, you will pay federal taxes, and federal taxes have seven different tax brackets. But you're also gonna be subject to state taxes if you're in a state that taxes. Now, I get a lot of questions that come up if I'm a real estate agent and I decide to set up my LLC or decide to set up my S corporation in a state that doesn't have state tax, will I pay income taxes in my state? If you are residing in a state that has state income tax, whether you decide to open up a LLC or a corporation in a different state, you will pay state taxes based on the state that you reside in. Now, outside of federal and state taxes, the most important tax that I want you guys to understand is SE tax. SE tax stands for self-employment tax. And self-employment tax is the tax that most self-employed individuals glaze over when they're becoming taxpayers. And part of the reason why they glaze over it is because most people are just familiar with IRS and familiar with state, but we forget that we also have to pay into Social Security and Medicare. So the government requires self-employed individuals, just like W-2 employees, to pay into Social Security and Medicare. Now, knowing that we have these three taxes, 
What can we do to avoid some of these taxes? Well, this is when we have to figure out how we should structure our business to receive the income in the right way. Now, as a business owner, you might wanna set up a sole proprietorship early on, an LLC, or you might decide to set up an S corporation. Depending on who you are as a business owner and where you are might determine what type of entity structure you set up early on. But most real estate agents and most brokers early on start off as sole proprietorships. And part of the reason why they start off as sole proprietorships is because they're not in a place where they made a whole lot of income, or they may be in a place where they're still figuring out the career and they may not have dedicated fully to the career. And if you understand what a sole proprietor is, a sole proprietor is just letting the government know that you're reporting self-employed income somewhere, right? You're not a formal business yet. You haven't set up an LLC and established articles of incorporation and you haven't established yourself with the Secretary of State. You're not a corporation. So you are truly this dis regarded entity and to the government you are operating almost like you have a side hustle so if this is your primary profession early on maybe you decided to set up a sole proprietorship because you're still trying to figure out if this is going to be the real career that you want to commit to and even more it's so a sole proprietor does not have to pay all of the state filing fees and file tax returns such as an LLC or an S-Corp has to file. So early on, you are cutting some of your expenses by being a sole proprietor. So I typically see most of my real estate agents operating as a sole proprietor. Now, as you grow in your business, you might become an LLC. The LLC is typically the vehicle that most business owners are familiar with. If you type in on Google how to start a business, the first thing that's going to pop up is LegalZoom telling you, hey, click here 397 or how much it is to set up your LLC. And you being a taxpayer who's new to the business side, you're probably going to click on that link or you might click on that video that says you need an LLC when you're a real estate agent. Now, I'm not a tax attorney, I'm an enrolled agent. But one of the cool things about working with real estate agents is I get to watch their progression from making their first commission check to aspiring to become that million dollar listings agent that they all want to become. And it's exciting and I love it. But what's most important is understanding the transition and progression of your business. If you're someone who's early on, typically you're gonna have a lot of expenses in your business. Maybe you're paying for your cell phone, your advertising, your licensing fee. You have expenses. So a lot of my clients early on are sole proprietors and LLCs because the benefits don't outweigh the cost for them to switch over into the S-Corp. Now, if you guys have watched my video on when to switch from an LLC to an S-Corp, you guys will know those thresholds that I talk about of when it might make sense to jump out of the, S the LLC vehicle and to jump over into the S-Corporation. But let's just say that you're operating as an LLC. Are you still receiving tax benefits that are greater than the sole proprietor? This is a popular question that comes up. Well, an LLC is truly just a business that has provided me with liability protection. So if I'm trying to determine if I'm gonna get some tax savings by switching from a sole proprietorship over to the LLC, I truly can't justify yet the tax savings because at the end of the day, all I've done is I've, I've separated the liability from myself. I told the government that I'm truly operating as a business owner. I have skin in the game. If anything were to happen, I only want um, to be sued to the extent of what I placed inside of my LLC and all of my personal bank accounts and where I have my children's IRAs and my personal savings account. I want to keep that stuff separate. 
So now you're letting two people know something. You're letting your tax provider, such as myself or your CPA know that you are truly operating a business and you're letting the government know that you are truly operating a business. You're no longer considered disregarded unless you've set up a single member LLC. Now, the single member LLC is no different than the sole proprietor. I'm sorry. And the reason why is because the government defaults single member businesses. They default single member LLC businesses to become Schedule C sole proprietors. You still get to carry the liability protection that the LLC provides because you did set up the LLC. However, for tax purposes, you're still treated like a sole proprietor, which means you will have what's called a Schedule C inside of your individual tax returns. Now, let's just say you decided to set up a multi-member LLC. Well, if you've set up a multi-member LLC, that means you've established a partnership. Maybe you decided you wanted to open up your LLC with your wife or with your husband or with a child or with someone who you wanted to go into business with. Anytime you've decided to open up a multi-member LLC different than a single-member LLC, you are now considered a regarded entity, different than a disregarded entity, which means that now, instead of filing tax returns where all of your income and expenses gets reported over here on the Schedule C inside of your individual returns, you file what's called a 1065 tax return. A 1065 tax return is a partnership tax return. And it also means that you're filing a separate return outside of your personal taxes. Now you officially have separated things on paper. One of the cool things about being a multi-member LLC, just like a single member LLC, is that you can switch over into the S-Corp once the benefits outweigh the cost, but the multi-member LLC files its own taxes and just reports a number inside of the individual tax returns. So I have clients all the time, Carlton, what are some things I can do to reduce my audit risk? How can I fly a little bit more under the radar? Well, when you're filing a separate tax return where your business is over there and your personal tax returns are over here, typically you are flying a little bit more under the radar. And here's the reason why. In the event of an audit, if I'm going to audit you, me being the auditor, and you having a sole proprietor or single member LLC, I can see stuff inside of your tax returns. I can see your Schedule C. Your Schedule C shows me all of your expenses, which means I can see how much you took in auto, I can see how much you took in advertising, marketing, which means if I am an auditor and if I wanna question something, it's very easy for me to question something on your tax returns all in the same place. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? I can see where your personal income comes in, um, who your children are, um, how much you're making, how much your wife or husband's making, and then I can see this business and all these little expenses that you're carrying. And if something doesn't look right to me, I can audit you for your personal and your business taxes in one place, right? Whereas, let's just say that same auditor just sees a number inside of the personal tax returns. Maybe it's a $25,000 in income that flowed over from your multi-member LLC or your S-Corp, or maybe it's a $25,000 loss, right? Well, now I have to go look at the business tax return over here on this side and then pose some questions. And if I decide to audit the business, I'm simply auditing the business over here separate from your personal returns. Maybe I don't request your personal returns as the auditor. Maybe I do. 
But one thing that I've done is I've definitely hid under the radar a little bit more by separating my business and allocating it over here and keeping my personal returns on the left-hand side or keep my personal returns on the other side. So one of the things that we wanna do is we wanna just be mindful of how we can protect ourselves when we are going about setting up businesses. Now, one thing that we have to understand is this S corporation will come into play when you make good money. The reason why I say good money is because Tax strategists like myself who just spend time helping you figure out ways to reduce your tax bill, we are not going to put you into a compromising position where you're paying more for something that you do not need. It's called integrity and we have lots of it. And one of the most integrity type of items that we focus on is knowing when it makes sense for our clients to switch from an LLC to an S corporation. Because we know as tax providers that you are going to have to run payroll. That is a cost that comes out of your pocket every single year and it's about 500 to $600. Yes, don't get caught up in that yet, but you have to also do the tax returns. That's another $1,200. Here in California, they have what's called a franchise tax to keep your business open. That's $800. So if I add up the 500 plus the 1200 plus the 800, I'm looking at about 2,500 to $3,000 every single year for having that escort. And I want to be able to be in a position where I can save money on taxes by switching over to an S-Corp. And I want you guys to be in a position where you can save money on taxes by switching over to an S-Corp. But the benefits have to outweigh the cost for us to actually get over into that vehicle. When you decide to become an S-Corporation, which means your net income is in excess of 40 to 45,000, which means you're grossing over 80 to 100K probably, then now you're in a place where the benefits start to outweigh the cost of paying for payroll, paying to file your corporate tax returns, paying the franchise tax to be a corporation, and now you finally get to avoid some of the self-employment tax that we discussed up here, the 15.3% that I mention almost in every video. Now, cool part about being an S corporation is that you get to take payroll. Payroll gives your business a deduction. Also, one of the cool parts about being in an S corporation is you get to take the same amount of deductions that you would in an LLC and the same amount of deductions that you would in a sole proprietor. The key difference is, is that you're eliminating self-employment tax and you're taking a payroll deduction. Now, what I want to discuss is I want to go over eight deductions that are basic deductions for all real estate agents and brokers. These are the deductions I like to call the above the table deductions. These are the deductions that are just sitting on the table for you. The salt, the pepper, the things that you should already be able to reach for. And if your CPA is not helping you get these deductions, and this is the video where you learn about these deductions so you can link up with the tax strategist that will help you get these deductions. Let's dive in. Here are the eight tax deductions that I believe are the above table tax deductions that all real estate agents and brokers should be claiming on their tax returns if they qualify for them. Deduction number one that's just basic is payroll. Now, if you're a sole proprietor or an LLC, you aren't taking this deduction yet because you don't get a deduction when you're on payroll as a sole proprietor or an LLC unless you've already set up your S corporation or you've taxed your LLC as an S corporation. So this payroll deduction is reserved this payroll deduction is reserved for S-Corp owners and C-Corp if you decide to go down the C-Corp route, C-Corp owners. The second deduction that you should be thinking about is the home office deduction. 
Part of the reason why the home office deduction is important for you to think about is because most real estate agents and brokers are cold calling from their desk at home. They're working off their MacBook Pros, they're working off their iPads, and if you're working from the convenience of your home, whether you're renting or you're actually a homeowner, you can take a home office deduction based on the square footage that's dedicated in your home for business. And that's a deduction that you shouldn't be afraid of. I have so many clients that come to me, Carlton, my CPA told me I couldn't take the home office deduction. He said it was a red flag. Where are those red flags? I want to see them because all these CPAs are acting like referees out here and I haven't seen any of these flags being thrown. A lot of CPAs who I've spoken to are basing their knowledge based off of old law. If you view the IRS website, they made it even easier to take home office deductions since Donald Trump got into office in 2018 and he altered the Tax Cuts Jobs Act. The home office deduction got easier and they put the forms online that shows us how to take the home office deduction step by step. We are living in a day and age where more people are working from home than ever before in life. Do you really think the IRS is gonna scrutinize you for taking a deduction that they give you? That's what we have to first understand, is that the IRS tax code is a rule book for us to follow. We just need to understand the rules and then follow them. And so the home office deduction is absolutely a deduction that we should be taking. Number three, the vehicle deduction. I put together a video that discusses how you can go about taking a vehicle deduction. You can choose to take mileage, which in the year 2021, that's 56 cents per mile, or you can choose to take actual expense, which means you're taking the actual expenses associated with your vehicle, car insurance, gas, maintenance, repairs, registration, payments. These are actual expenses that you can take under your business, or you can choose to take mileage instead and get 56 cents per every single mile you drive as a real estate agent or broker. Number four, the cell phone. Without a doubt, the cell phone will be allocated over to your business. If you're using your cell phone to make business calls and have business meetings being conducted on Zoom calls and over these telecommunication lines, then we should be deducting these items and they should be allocated over to your business, which means as a business owner, you need to know that these items should be paid for by your business. Item number five is the laptop. Um, that goes without saying that you're probably going to have a laptop in your business. But what if you've had a laptop that you purchased before becoming a real estate agent? Does that mean you get to write it off? Yes, it does. When we are placing items into business use, how tax accountants are like, like myself, we get this write off for our accountants by getting the fair market value of that item, the date that you place it in business use. So then we can write it off. So if you happen to purchase a 2017 MacBook Pro, I'm gonna look at that MacBook Pro's fair market value today. If it's worth $600 today, that's what we get to take in a write-off. If it's only worth $200, I'm sorry, that's what we get to take in a write-off. It's based on the fair market value of when you decided to place that particular item into business use. Item number six, meals. This one I love, I'm a big foodie. If you guys are ever in town in California, feel free to contact me, I'd love to take you to dinner as long as it's business purpose because meals in 2021 are 100% deductible. As a part of the CARES Act, uh, Trump and Biden put together um, a bill that is allowing for business owners to take 100% of their meal deductions. That means that if you decide to go out and it's a qualified business meal, you can now write this off underneath your LLC S Corp or your sole proprietorship. Damn, little lady. Number seven, 
Insurancing and licensing. Without a doubt, it's important to have business insurance. I've had so many clients that have gotten into hiccups, hurdles, and accidents and incidents because they didn't take the opportunity to purchase business insurance. When you decide to purchase business insurance, it will be deductible underneath your business, and any licensing fees that you have will also be ordinary and necessary for you to deduct underneath your business. And item number eight, doing some retirement planning. A lot of my individuals who are self-employed are unaware that they can set up self-directed retirement accounts. Really? (laughs) You have the ability as a self-employed individual to set up your own self-directed solo 401k, your own SEP plan, which is your own pension plan. You can set up your own self-directed IRA and make contributions to your retirement account that gives you a tax deduction now in real time. But these eight deductions are the above table deductions. They're the basic deductions that you should be aware of and the basic deductions that should be on your tax return yearly. When you get to a place where you're starting to make more money and the S corporation is no longer serving you in all of its many facets to avoid self-employment tax and payroll, now we start to look at advanced deductions. Some of the advanced deductions that some of my clients take is placing their kids on payroll. Part of the reason why is because the government will allow for us to pay our children up to the standard deduction, $12,550 in the year 2021, without our kids needing to file a tax return. Now, if you do this through an LLC or a sole proprietorship, you won't have to pay payroll taxes. But if you do it through an S-Corp, there will be payroll taxes. So please make sure you speak with your tax strategist to come up with a strategy to avoid that. Now, another advanced deduction is the 179 vehicle deduction this allows for a lot of my business owners to be able to take bonus depreciation and write off hundred percent of their purchase costs of their vehicle in one year now i'm saying it's an advanced deduction because most of us who are new to business we need write-offs working for us but if you're someone who's making a million two million plus you need a big tax deduction and you wouldn't mind taking it all in one year And this is when we start to look at the 179 vehicle deduction as a great option for reducing our tax bill. Number three, the Augusta rule strategy. The Augusta rule strategy is a strategy that allows for the business owner to rent his business to his household for 14 days. You do need to be a homeowner and the house needs to be personal use in order for you to do this. But this strategy allows for you to claim rent tax free. Strategy number four is a cash balance plan. We talked about retirement planning a little bit earlier, but when you start pushing into higher incomes, you have more money that you're sitting on, which means you can allocate big chunks of money into your own cash balance plan that allows you to contribute greater than the 19,500 that the self-directed solo 401k allows for. If you guys loved these strategies that I provided you here today, and if you love the information around being a real estate agent or a broker and getting the tax knowledge that you were looking for, I'd love for you to do me a favor. Please feel free to like, comment, subscribe, share this video with someone who you know is becoming a real estate agent or a broker so they are going into business with knowledge so that you don't ever get to a place where you don't know how to leverage the tax code. My name is Carlton Dennis, and I look forward to seeing you guys on the next video. Take care.